sovereign over us. Aren't you glad about that? Goodness me, I was thinking, you know, that, that out there in the world, everyone wants control and power and influence and be making the big shots and the big calls. Thinking, thank goodness I don't have to do all that because I have one who is sovereign, one who is seated upon the throne and one who is in control. I don't know about you, but I thought that was really good news when we were singing that song. Amen. Okay, so let's dive in. There's a, a theme. Oh, hello. Good evening, by the way. Sorry, that was rude of me, wasn't it? Goodness. Forgot my manners there for a second. Uh, theme running through uh, 2023 refreshing is treasure in his presence. The idea that we need encounters with the power of the living God. Amen. We need, I thought of three things. We need, we need aha revelation moments. You know, when the light switches on and we really decisively get it. Those moments when the truth registers at a deep enough level that we can finally see what God sees. So we need more and more moments like that, aha moments. Second thing I think we need is times of worship during which we receive transforming doses of his love and his grace. Any, anyone around here who's, who's just got too much love in their lives? There's just too much grace pouring out all over them. They don't know what to do with themselves. We're desperate for that. God wants to pour that out on us in his presence, those encounters. And the third thing I think we need is ministry opportunities to receive faith-charged, spirit-inspired, prophetic, promise-laden breakthrough prayer. You know, we need those kind of encounters. All of which, for me, makes worship like a great treasure hunt. There is a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, as it were. You know, I'm convinced, I've said it over and over, we've only begun to tap in to all that God has for us. And the answer to that, of course, is so much more. E even more, in fact, that we can ask or think or imagine on our best and wildest days. God has in his hand for us everything we need. And of course, refreshing is designed to facilitate that. The word, this part, I guess, is, is, is designed to open up the door. Ministry time is, is when God confirms that word and when Holy Spirit power is made available. And the result, hopefully, of that is he draws us considerably closer to what he's promised. I like that line. The idea that God wants to draw us considerably closer to what he's promised. I've read what he promised. I love what he's promised. I can quote to you what he's promised. I just want to live in the fullness of it, don't you? So in Refreshing 2023, we've been working our way through nine pieces of treasure to be found in his presence. Nine 
significant pieces of business that God wants to do in our hearts. Actually, we're on a nine-part journey, part four, on a nine-part journey that is intended to take us somewhere. Bear that in mind. And the bottom line is just as, as Isaiah, Isaiah chapter six, he had that transforming vision, that encounter. So we too need to go on a transforming journey, which starts with realignment and repentance and refining. Remember those? And then into restoration, which is today. And eventually into things like refilling and refreshing and recommissioning. So the plan is I'm going to spend about 20 minutes today looking at the fourth one on our list, which is restoration. And then we're going to go back into a time of, of worship and response and we'll see what the Lord wants to do and say and minister to us this morning or even this evening. Because I do plan to have stopped preaching by the morning. And you've definitely planned to stop listening by the morning. Okay, so here we go. Number four, the presence of God. Worship is the place of restoration. And we'll start off by painting you a really simple picture. The idea of restoring a piece of antique furniture, which may mean something to some of you and not so much for others. And in our bedroom, actually, we have a, an antique chest. It's a really impressive piece, not like most of the furniture in the house, which is MDF. Anyone remember MFI? Yeah? I was devastated when they went broke. My house is full of cheap furniture. This is the real deal, this one. You know, this was, it's actually probably quite valuable. But you know what? It's, it's, it's just a little bit tired. I was looking at it this evening. One or two of the handles are broken. One of the, one of the feet is a little bit wobbly. Some of the panels has kind of bit, come off a bit and a bit chipped. And this chest needs restoring. Now, of course, to do that, and this is way outside my area of expertise, you can't use modern materials. Because you, you've got to match the wood. You've got, you've got to use the right kind of screws. You've got to make it look the right age. Otherwise, it would look strange. Of course, this is very much a specialist skill that I have to say is certainly way beyond my capacity. And the object of restoration, restoration. The object is to return a piece to its original state as it was originally intended, back to what should be considered normal, restored, if you like, to health and wholeness. Now, we understand that, that, that humankind's fallen condition has left a great deal in a state of disrepair or, or brokenness or, or incompleteness. But you know what? The clear narrative of Scripture is that God is at work to restore us, restore us to wholeness of soul, to closeness 
of relationship to fullness of life. Let, let's be clear. There are two distinct and opposing agendas in play around your life. Clearest statement of that is found in, in John 10, verse 10, often quoted, in which Jesus said, the thief, and I think we all know who he's talking about, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You know, the enemy, we, we learned from this verse, the enemy has an assignment against you to steal and to kill and to destroy. He is strategically and systematically after your peace and your joy and your faith and your confidence and your hope and your security. He wants to sabotage your relationships. He wants to poison your heart. He wants to tie you in knots and bind you in chains. And his assignment against you is to, is to sidetrack you from God's purposes with sin and addiction and to continually take you back to your, your past faults and failures. His assignment against you is to, is to distract you from the leading of the Holy Spirit by pressing against your wounds. And his assignment against you is to blind you to your true identity by digging deep your rejection. His assignment is to shatter your dreams. It's to batter your confidence. It's to confuse your purpose until you abandon your gift. But the flip, John 10.10, God is the abundant life giver. He's not a thief, he's a redeemer. But for him, it's not about destruction, but about transformation. For God, it's not about death and suffocation and barrenness, but about the release of life and fullness, joy and peace, hope and purpose. In short, anything the enemy has stolen, God wants to restore. He wants to return what's been lost. He wants to repair what's been broken. He wants to recover What's been stolen? Why? So that you can have a life that is abundant and overflowing and fruitful. So the message is, if you will let him, that's key, if you will let him, the Lord will take you on a journey to unpick the damage that the enemy has caused. And the good news is God is the master restorer. For a few minutes, let's, let's turn to the Bible. We're going to put a little, bit of, a little bit of meat, as it were, on these bones. And of course, the first thing to say is Jesus' ministry was, and indeed still is, all about restoration and redemption, transformation, story after story after story. 
Isaiah chapter 61, famous passage which was read by Jesus in, in Luke chapter 4, right at the beginning of his ministry, he makes his mandate clear. Let me read you a few verses. Isaiah 61, verse 1. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, Jesus said, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Listen to this verse with that word restoration in your mind. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and to release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. We often stop there, but verse 4 says, they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. I think when we, we read that passage, we think about Jesus' mandate. We're familiar with the idea of good news for the poor and healing for the brokenhearted, and release for the captives, and comfort for the grieving, and we're very grateful for all of that. But I'm also drawn to three verbs in verse 4. The verbs rebuild, restore, and renew. In other words, his purposes very much include rebuilding the ruined and restoring the devastated, and renewing the tired and desolate. That's all part of, of the anointed one's mandate. Beauty for ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning. The garments of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Restoration. Redemption reconciliation, renewal. Another significant passage is 1 Peter chapter 5. And, and there's so much in that chapter and I had to cut so much of it out. It was really frustrating. But in 1 Peter 5 verse 10, it says, And the God of all grace, this is the culmination of a great chapter, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Verse 11, to him be the power forever and ever. Amen. The American Standard Bible talks about the God of grace. It says, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. So what do we get from that verse? After the suffering, after the suffering comes the restoration. And it tells us that the God of grace will himself restore you. And his objective here is to, is to make you strong and firm and steadfast. There are four, four Greek verbs in there. Four Greek words that, that express the work that God wants to do in your restoration. 
and, and I probably butcher the translation. I think our Greek scholars and his on the duck as I say these. The first one is katartidzo, which means to make fit, sound, and complete, to mend what's been broken, to repair, and to complete. The second verb, these are, the, these are all in, in 1 Peter 5.10. The second verb is steridzo, which means to make stable, to place firmly, and to set fast. The next one is sotheno, sotheno, or something like that. How do I pronounce that? Is Emily not there hiding? She's hiding. That's a hard one. It's a hard one. It means to make strong and strengthen the soul. <laughs> and then temeleo, temeleo, means to establish. I shouldn't do this, should I, really? I should just tell you the English versions. It means to establish and to lay a stable foundation. The God of grace himself wants to restore you. He wants to do that in your life. And said, if you want some really interesting homework, go back and read the, the first nine verses of 1 Peter 5, which you'll, you'll find are quite familiar, and see how they tie into this. It's quite insightful. Okay, so just, just one more piece before we get to response time. I want to give this just one more nudge down the road, as it were, and ask this question. What is it that God wants to restore in us or God wants to restore to us? And here's a thought for you. That there might be something on this list for you to take to the Lord as we respond in a few minutes. Maybe that there's something for you that is lacking, something that is, is missing, something that's been taken, stolen from you. But because of Jesus' victory on the cross, God actually has for you in abundance. So seven things that God wants to restore really quickly. Number one, God wants to restore to us peace and joy. If the enemy is one thing, he is a peace thief and he is a joy thief. A couple of quick verses. Psalm 51, verse 12. This is straight after King David's spectacular fall, if you remember, with Bathsheba. Verse 12, he prays, he cries out, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. The point being that he knew that he had lost that and it had had a devastating effect on his heart, on his family, on his life, on his kingdom. David knew that he could go to God and he could pray this prayer, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Why? Because God is the master restorer. Acts 2 verse 28, you have made known to me the paths of life you will fill me with joy in your presence. Worship to treasure hunt, remember. Romans 15, 13, familiar verse. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. You know, and if you feel that there's, there's some peace missing, if you feel that there's just a lack of joy in your life, God wants to restore that to you. You can take that to him 
as we respond in a minute. Number two, uh, I'm not sure these are particularly in order. Number two is he, he wants to restore us to fullness of relationship with him. Hebrews 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Perhaps this is the crux of the matter. We have been reconciled with God through Christ's shed blood. All that stands in the way has been removed. So our call, verse 22, is let us draw near. Jesus has, has reconciled our relationship with the Father and wants to lead us into restored, full, intimate, and deep fellowship. Number three, he wants to restore us to wholeness. And each of these is a message series probably on their own. Psalm 23, verses one through three. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Another verse, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are on a renewal journey, a metamorphosis into, into total sanctification, into sozo. Till we are whole again, restored. Till we are whole again, as we were always intended to be. Restored to our originally intended state. What does God want to restore to you? Number four, he wants to fill your emptiness with his fullness. You know, that cup was supposed to be full. It was supposed to be running over and everyone was supposed to be getting washed with it and blessed by it and touched with it and soaking wet with it. And yet, and yet we've been emptied and yet we've become dry. Psalm 23, still, verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup, overflows. God wants to anoint your head with oil and he wants your cup to overflow. This is part of his, his, his process of restoring you. So the, if the picture is, a, is of a well that is dry or empty, the Lord wants to restore it. Psalm 23, until your cup overflows. John 7, 38, until out of your belly flows, pours rivers of living water. Nearly there. Number five, God wants to restore us 
to blessing. Ephesians 1 verse 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. You know, blessing is, is the position in which you now stand. That made me wonder, do you, do you think of yourself as being blessed or cursed? You know, the enemy desperately wants you to think of yourself as one cursed, as a failure, as a victim, a purposeless, redundant, rejected. But you know what? Jesus became cursed so that we might be blessed, Galatians 3.13. And he has declared you blessed. God wants to restore you into the fullness of all that means. That's not necessarily champagne and chocolate hearts and rose petals. Rather, the status of one who is in Christ Jesus, one who has full access to the promises of God that are yes and amen in Christ. Number six, God wants to restore you to a place of rest. Rest is on my list further down, I realize that. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, come to me, familiar verse, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will restore you to rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, and as I was preparing for this, I was thinking, this might be you today. You might be weary and burdened. You may well need rest for your soul, for the Lord to restore you to, to vitality and to perspective and to passion. But we're going to give you the chance to come to him tonight in just a moment. Does it say, come to me? all you who are weary and burned, and I will give you rest. And the last one, number seven, God wants to restore you, to restore us to purpose. Romans 15, 13, we've already read the first part of the verse. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1, 18, again familiar. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Let me ask you this. To what has the Lord called you? Has any of that been stolen or stalled, or even corrupted or lost. Let the Lord restore that to you in his presence today. Okay, let's uh, 
Think about how we might respond. Don't worship if you want to come and get ready. Here's the question I question. Personalize this for you right now, and you're probably already answering this question while I was speaking. The question is, what for you needs restoring? I gave you some ideas. You may not have needed them. Reminds me of... Um, one of our first uh, church weekends away, right after I, just after I'd started here as pastor, and I had this stunning one-word prophecy over this person, which at the time felt thoroughly unimpressive. And I felt, God wants to say to you the word, you know what's coming at you, restore. There were no choirs of angels. No one thought, my word, the, the man of God hath spoken. But this person came back to me about, can I make an appointment? About a week later, spent 45 minutes sitting in my office telling me how significant that word was and all that God was in the process of and had been, and, and even while we were at that retreat, had been restoring to her. So for you, what's the loss? What's the, what's the disappointment? What's the dream? What's the gift? And I'm convinced that restoration is treasure. And we all have things that need restoring. God is the master restorer. So the invitation today is, is to identify, to, to let the Holy Spirit reveal, and then go to the Lord here in his house, in this safe place, at his feet, in his presence, under the unction and the moving of the Holy Spirit and ask, Lord, would you restore to me what has been lost or broken or stolen? You know, this for you might be deeply personal, you might have things that have been lost or broken or, or forgotten or stolen. And if that is you, I would encourage you to the usual two responses. Over here, this side, we're happy to pray for you. Any members of the ministry team, anyone will pray for you. I'm happy to pray for you that God will restore to you what the enemy has stolen. You might prefer to do that personally. If you do, then feel free to come over this side. Oh, Space over there, come over this side and just do business with God and say, God, here I am. This is what you've shown me. What are you going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? What are you calling forth here? God, you are the restorer. Come restore. So number one, it might be deeply personal. But just put this into general terms. You know, we can pray, restore us, O oh Lord. You know, we look back don't we, as God's people, and remember things we once had in the church world that seem, seem now to be either lacking or missing or neglected or, or fading. You know, there are dreams in the church world that we once had. There were goals that once seemed much closer. We can pray as God's people today, Lord, would you restore us. 
And of course, there are no shortage of things in our nation that need to be restored. So the answer to that is there's no shortage of potential response opportunities this evening. What we're going to do is I'm going to ask the worship team if they would take us back into a time of kind of reflection. And um, we'll, we'll see where this goes, and, and maybe it will build up. We'll start quite quietly, I think. And you know what the call is? What is there that needs responding, restoring? And I'm just going to pray, and I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and do what only he can do, acknowledging that God is the master restorer. Let's pray. Why don't you stand? Let's pray. Stretch those legs. Father, when we read John 10, verse 10, we are not shocked. We know that things have been stolen and destroyed. We know that there are forces trying to kill our dreams and suffocate us and lead us astray. We know that. But yet, Lord, you are the life giver. You are the fullness. You are the God of all grace. And you are the master restorer. Holy Spirit, this evening, we just want to offer you our hearts. We want to offer you our, our hurts. We want to offer you those frustrations, that those areas of our lives that are not where we would want them to be, those those. those gifts that seem to have been quelled or those dreams that seem to have been thwarted. And say, Lord, under the invitation of your word, in the safe place, under the unction of your spirit, Lord, would you restore what has been broken? Would you repair, redeem, renew, refresh Holy Spirit? My prayer, Lord, for everyone in this room as they just ask that question, Lord, what is it for me? Lord, I pray that you would meet them tonight right where they are. Would you shine truth and light and wisdom into their heart and into their mind and into their circumstances? Lord, would you touch them with faith and power? We pray for breakthrough. We pray for transformation. We pray for restoration, Lord, tonight in this place. In Jesus' name.